1: Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew
0: Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. This is the Andrew Giuliani Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here's Andrew Giuliani. Well, friends, welcome back to the Andrew Giuliani Show. And today we've got somebody who's become a very close personal friend of mine. Somebody who, I mean, there, there are fewer people in the country that have fought harder for election integrity than this former, this current United States Marine Corps major, you're always a Marine Corps major, once a, <laughs> once a Marine, always a Marine, and lawyer for President Trump at Save America, my friend, Christina Bob. Christina, how are you today?
1: Hey, Andrew, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your show.
0: No, of course. And by the way, the author of one of the best books about what actually <laughs> happened in 2020 that I'd recommend everybody read, uh, called Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. I, I just ended up reading it. I've read it before, but I read it again preparing for this interview. And I gotta tell you, it, it is such an important read going into this election season. It should be election day, but election season here in 2024.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I was, you know, working for your dad post uh 2020, November 2020, and um it was just a wild time. So yeah, I've just kind of compiled my notes and if people want to know what happened, it's all there. So.
0: Well, to that point, um, one of the biggest questions that I get is, can we trust the 2024 election? I mean, you saw in Iowa just a few weeks ago, two thirds of caucus goers said that they believe that there was fraud in the 2020 election. Uh, Steve Bannon even points out in the forward to your book, saying that Americans have a very small window that is rapidly closing to make sure we get the election right, uh, these elections right. So let me ask you the question, Mm -hmm. uh, can we trust our 2024 elections and what can we do to make sure uh, that it is uh, as trustworthy as possible?
1: Right. So, no, I would say don't trust the elections. Make sure you're part of the solution. Um, can we have a fair-ish election to the point where Donald Trump can win? Yes, absolutely. But the the election is not secure, not by any means. And the way we secure it, the way we continue to secure it, is by everybody getting involved. This is a bottom-up approach, Uh you and i and your dad and so many other people have been fighting for at least three going on four years now to try to clean things up from the top down you know getting congress to act or getting even even from the state level governors or secretaries of state to act and we have have not seen the progress that i personally would like to see before 2024. we have seen some progress there have been some good measures taken um, but quite honestly, the best uh, the best developments that I've seen throughout the country come from grassroots efforts of people cleaning up their local counties and their precincts, because that's where this needs to get cleaned up is at the county level. So everybody needs to get involved. Um, if you don't know where to get involved, you can go to causeofamerica.org. C a u s e. Causeofamerica.org. Send them your zip code or your county, and they'll send you a group of uh, grassroots efforts in your area. Uh, You can be a poll worker, election day worker. You can work at your county. If you can't do any of those things, you can uh, scrub voter rolls, help canvas your neighborhood. There is a role for every American who wants to clean up their elections. There's a role to play. So sorry, that's a long answer, but the the answer is get involved. That's how we do it.
0: You answered one of the most important questions that I have right there that I may even ask one more time. That's how important that answer actually was right there. So in your book, Stealing Your Vote, you detailed the different aspects of how to cheat in elections. And they include, and I'm going to read these off right here, inflating the voter rolls, ballot harvesting, universal mail-in ballots, ballot stuffing, uh, centralizing the count, stopping the count, physically removing a party, the Republican Party, as we saw in 2020, and spreading misinformation. Uh, Let me ask you, in preparation for the 2024 election, how many swing states have adopted those methods that they pretty much used under the guise of COVID in 2020 and institutionalized them?
1: Um, all of them did. Actually, they they all use that. The the trickiest one that I think a lot of people don't pay attention to is centralizing the vote count. Um, it used to be, you know, prior to twenty twenty and incrementally prior to twenty twenty, it used to be that the votes were tallied at the precinct level and reported up. And then they slowly started to have all of the precincts set and transport the ballots to the county, and the counties would then count them. We saw that with Maricopa County. We saw it in Milwaukee. We saw it in Brown County, Wisconsin. We saw it in Philadelphia, in Fulton County. That's why, why on earth are they having the ballots counted at State Farm Arena? Why aren't they doing it at the precinct level? Well, they changed the model. The model is it's now all counted in one big location. And the reason that is terrible for election security is if it's all being counted in one location, you only need one or two people to cheat. You don't need thousands of people in Thousands of precincts around the state to cheat. You could have a couple people do a couple things, and it will change the outcome of the election. So uh, that is something, and it's hard at this point. It's harder to change because it would probably take the state legislature, depending on the state and how how that came to be, um, changing that. But the reason it's important for Americans to know is get involved at your central count. Be eyes on. The more people we have in there who are honest and want to see the election run honestly. We need them in the central count. And we saw particularly in Detroit, uh, where they were putting up the, the pizza boxes and the cardboard yeah. boxes that people can see. That was at the central count facility, the TCF Center in Detroit. They didn't want people to see what was going on. Well, why? You know, why, yeah. why can't we see what's going on? So um, there, there's a lot of little pieces to this that all combine together, but um, there's a role for everybody. Get involved. Yeah.
0: Well, let's get into these individual states here. Uh, and you know what? I was going to start with Arizona because you know it so well, but you mentioned Detroit and Michigan. Um, did Was there ever an explanation for why they did that at the TCF Center, TCH Center in, in Michigan there? Because you're absolutely right. They put the cardboard pizza boxes up on the glass windows there. So that way people could not see what was actually going on inside right. the counting area there. Was there ever an explanation? And what will election season election day look like uh in michigan in 2024
1: michigan's one of the toughest states right now honestly no i have never heard a reasonable explanation for why they did that not only uh were they preventing people from seeing what was going on but the books never reconciled the the poll books the numbers of people who voted the votes cast and the numbers tallied do not reconcile. They never reconciled in 2020. And to this day, they are unreconciled. Still, Um, still
0: today, right now. To
1: this day, to this day, they do not reconcile. And actually, that's probably true for every county. We know it for certain in in Detroit because the county canvasser refused to certify. And then she certified under condition that they would make the books tally. And of course, they just never did. They said, okay, so she certified. Um, we're, We're just moving on past it. So, and you can look up the documents and see, you know how it's certified the the votes for Wayne County, which is where Detroit is and Michigan, to this day are not properly certified and they do not reconcile. Um, and I would venture to guess that that's probably true in every county um every every contested county anyway,
0: my god, that's uh, that's incredible. I mean, and I could see so so I guess then the question that I have that's going to save this for for later in the interview, but In a place like Michigan, in a place like Pennsylvania, in an Arizona,
1: what
0: what does Trump need to actually win by in 2024 in order for him to gain those electoral votes? Like, what is the what's the team looking at in terms of what is the threshold we actually need to cover? Is it 2%? Right. Is it 3%? Is it 4%? Is there a way to actually go and uh, look at this and say, this is actually what you need to win by in order to win the state's electoral votes where they can't cheat by a certain amount?
1: Right. I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, especially because It depends on how they're cheating in the local areas. Right. I mean, in 2020, they just stopped the count, waited three days, produced more ballots and called it. You know, so at that point, what you know, in Pennsylvania, President Trump was up by over a million votes on the evening of November 3rd. But because they had a three extra day window, they just created more ballots. So I don't know that that depending on how they cheat I don't know that that question really can be answered because they've created a system where no matter what the difference is, um, they can change the outcome of the election. So I'm not trying to discourage people. That doesn't mean that yeah. they're going to be successful doing it. I'm saying that's why we need people involved to make sure that they can't do that. Um, there's no re- No state allows you to stop counting in the middle of the night and delay the vote for three days. Not a single one of them. Yeah, we had six of them do it. Yeah. So- why? Because there weren't enough people in the process and weren't enough people with the right authority in the process to say, no, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need people involved. Going back to Arizona specifically, Arizona Arizona is Trump country. Arizona is Carrie Lake country. I mean, we saw that in 2022, the massive number of people who showed up to vote for Carrie Lake on election day and were denied the opportunity to vote, I think is a huge testament. And I think Maricopa County, which they love to say, oh, well, Maricopa County is the biggest county. It's really blue. Um, And so the rest of the state just can't overcome Maricopa County. That is a complete lie. It is a complete lie. Maricopa County has five supervisors. The supervisors are voted on by district, which Mm -hmm. district does each of the five supervisors represent. Four of the five supervisors are Republican. That means 80% of the county is voting Republican at the local level. And then somehow they change it for the top of the ballot. Mm, I'm not buying that.
0: So, I mean, Mm -hmm. to that point, and you say this also in your book, Stealing Your Vote, that half of the voting machines in Maricopa County broke in the early morning hours of election day in in 2022. Where were those Republican commissioners there? Um, Were they screaming from the hilltops? Have they ultimately (laughs) said that, hey, look, this is what we're going to do to make sure that this does not happen again? In 2024, has there has there been a post mortem so that way uh, the the Lake team and the Trump team can actually have uh, an answer to what happened?
1: No, the Republicans in Maricopa County have started a pack for the purpose of defeating Carrie Lake, and they're running her election. The Republicans in, in Maricopa County are not on the side of Republicans. They're certainly not MAGA. Mm-hmm. So that that's the problem. Right. Uh, and the way I like to summarize stealing your vote is that Democrats cheated, but Republicans covered it up. It's the Republicans in office. And you, I mean, you and your dad know this very well. It's the Republicans in office that were the biggest obstacle to cleaning up the rigged election. And a lot of those officials are still in office. Mm -hmm. Um, that's certainly true for most of the offices in Maricopa County, although there have been new, uh, New people, new Republicans come in who, quite frankly, are just as bad, if not worse, who are working very closely with Democrats to rig the state of Arizona. But how do you have if Maricopa County is 66 percent of the state, basically, it's two thirds of the state yeah. and 80 percent of the local communities are voting Republican. And yeah. then it just so happens to just switch at the top of the ticket. Yeah, that
0: doesn't add it doesn't. It doesn't
1: make any sense.
0: Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, it's interesting. You in your book, talk about the moment when the votes stopped counting on November 3rd, and you were actually on Pebble Beach in the White House, yeah. here, or b- outside the White House. The funny thing was, I- I'll never forget this. I was actually probably only about 10 feet away from you because oh, I, okay. left, I left the White House at about a quarter to 10 on that night to come on out and to do also a television hit on Pebble Beach there. And I remember the mood was jovial. We were looking at Mm -hmm. these numbers. Um, I mean, it looked very, very good. And at some point in the middle of my television hit, I found out that they had called Arizona for Joe Biden. Which yep. you really highlight very, very well. And i I suggest anybody to read. It. It's in the in the first third of your book, Stealing Your Vote. Um, but to me, the amazing part about it was exactly what you said, that they had never actually stopped a presidential count before, and they stopped it right at nine forty-five, 10 o'clock at night on November third, yeah. 2020.
1: Yeah. And it's illegal. The law in most of these states, in in all of the swing states that stop, the law requires you to continue counting until you have a result. And they stopped counting. Multiple times they stopped counting. And, And is it not also interesting that they stopped counting in places where President Trump was ahead, and then suddenly they were able to finalize the count after they had changed the outcome Of the result. I mean, people are going to be looking back in history, you know, 50 years from now, students studying history are going to look at this and go, how on earth? How on earth did that survive? Obviously they cheated. You don't get to come back three days later and say, oh, no, no, no. The outcome's different than what yeah. it was on election night. It's it's absolutely absurd. And I, the reason that this has happened in the United States is because of the media, mm-hmm. because the media is complicit in this. And the media refuses to say, hey, this is illegal. We shouldn't be doing this. Oh, by the way, Donald Trump actually won the election. They The, the corp, big corporate media who controls a lot of the narrative has thus far been largely successful shielding. I don't even just want to say Democrats because it's not Democrats. Like I mentioned in Arizona, it's Democrats and Republicans. It's this political establishment, this political group that has decided they have authority to tell Americans who their next leaders are going to be. They're, they're rigging elections in favor right now, in favor of Democrats because the Republican party is not the actual party. I mean, Conservative Americans have this MAGA movement where they're reviving conservative values. And so they're having a harder time rigging Republican primaries. And so they have to choose between MAGA Republicans and Democrats. And so they're rigging it all in favor of Democrats. They used to be able to rig it in favor of, you know, do nothing cowardly, impish Republicans, but they're not winning their primaries anymore.
0: Yeah. And to your point, in your book, you end up highlighting uh, legitimate elections and I should say illegitimate elections and how the Obama administration in 2009 published an assessment of how (laughs) the Ukrainian election were illegitimate. Now I'm going to go through these six points and tell me if this sounds familiar and if there might be some parallels to 2020. Point one, illegal use of absentee ballots. Hmm. Point two, opposition observers were ejected from the counting process. Sounds like Philadelphia. Sounds like Detroit. Uh, Point three, North Korean style voter turnout. Donald Trump got 11 million more votes than the next closest political incumbent, presidential incumbent in history. 74 million votes. He beat his turnout by 11 million votes. He beat the highest turnout by any other presidential incumbent by 11 million votes. Tell me that that's not North Korean style voter turnout for Joe Biden, who never left the basement. Point four mobile ballot box fraud we saw that caught that on video point five computer data allegedly altered to favor a candidate and point six report reports reports of opposition fraud stuffing the ballot box so you tell me if there aren't some congruencies between uh the Ukrainian election in 2009 which the obama administration called illegitimate and what happened in 2020 but again the media has said that they're going to go with the narrative and the narrative is yep. that it's the most secure election in history, most secure election in history. How how can they actually say that? How can Americans actually buy that when you actually see the truth and the facts?
1: Well, it's interesting you should say that because I don't think they can say that. And, and several officials back in 2020 said it under oath. If you remember, Chris Krebs said it days after the election mm-hmm. under oath to Congress, which I would be quite nervous if I were Chris Krebs and had done that because it's now coming out. We're now seeing a lot of information um, coming out of Georgia. For example, the lawsuit in Georgia where the uh, Dr. Halderman was able to change the outcome of the election in court with just using a pen. We're seeing a lot of information um, now come out that say, hey, you know, this really wasn't the most secure election. We see disinformation, particularly from the federal government in collaboration with Big Tech. We, we saw the 51 intelligence officials who lied to the American public for the purpose of protecting right. Joe Biden and the media suppressing the story of Hunter Biden's laptop. We see we see the rigging all over the place. And so the media, coupled with establishment political hacks, have been lying to the American people. And I think at this point, um, if you don't recognize that, I think I, I'm sorry to say it, but I think you're willfully ignorant if you can't look at what happened and go, yeah, that's not right.
0: Yeah, let's take uh, let's take both Arizona and Pennsylvania because I've looked at these two states and, and thought they have mm-hmm. some similarities in the sense that the Secretary of State from 2020 in both those states, Hobbs in Arizona, Shapiro in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, they are now the governors in those states. Um, when you talk about mail-in ballots, you talk about drop boxes. Have they institutionalized both those in that state? Like, And how does the campaign go and fight against that? I know you mentioned causeofamerica.org, but how do you fight against kind of them institutionalizing some of these things that just make it so much easier to dilute a legitimate vote?
1: Well, I'm so glad you brought up Arizona and Pennsylvania. They're great examples because it's the legislature that would institutionalize it. And in 2020, both of those legislatures were Republican majorities in both House and Senate. So Republicans should have been able to solve this problem. Now, they've done a slightly better job in Arizona than in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, they have some other issues with... the way that their constitution is structured and making changes requires a couple election cycles in Pennsylvania. So it's a little bit harder to make that change in Pennsylvania, Um, but Arizona, they have limited the number of drop boxes. I don't think they've completely um, uh, abolished them the way that I think a lot of conservatives would like, but they they aren't going to have the massive number that they had in 2020. They were much more limited um, in 2022 and I expect them to remain limited for 2024. Um, I mean, it's, it's the process, it's, it's the way that they conduct their elections as far as how they move the ballots. Uh, The number of people that have access to the process, we saw testimony in Carrie Lake's case from 2022, where witnesses that worked at the ballot printing company saying that there were as many as, you know, hundreds of thousands of ballots that were stuffed in at the printing level. Mm -hmm. Um, So they need to they need to shore up those loopholes, which I know Arizona is working on doing. I think I think if they haven't done it already, they will probably have that done before the election, um, which is a great win for Arizona. Um, But until that happens, the way we solve that is having people involved at every step of the process. And when I say we, I'm not talking about President Trump or his team. I'm talking about Americans. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you just want to make sure that it's actually the people of the state who are electing your officials, get involved. I would love to have more Democrats involved that are honest Democrats. Just show up and be involved.
0: Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. You talk about Virginia in your book in 2021, being an example of how to secure an election. Can you go through exactly what they're doing and how other states can use Virginia as a model?
1: Yeah, well, Virginia, Virginia was close. That was a a close one. But really what they did was they had a massive amount of people involved. And I don't I don't know the exact numbers, but I would be willing to to bet that Virginia set some records of the number of people involved. And the reason that happened was because it was right on the heels, if you remember, of the Loudoun County school board issue of Absolutely. the transgender um the the female being sexually assaulted by yeah, par- a parents
0: male- are domestic terrorists now. That's right. Parents exactly. are domestic terrorists.
1: Exactly and the election came short after the heels of that letter from the FBI saying target parents and um you know allow these transgender male to female to assault sexually assault you know female students so parents were up in arms they were livid they were really angry and the timing of it just worked out perfectly because they all got involved and there was a massive number number of people a massive number of attorneys stationed throughout the state um that really just went to to bat to make sure that the election was secure I mean I was uh, where it was 2021, I was in D.C. at the time, and I was getting text messages from people in Virginia, obviously not too far away across the river in Virginia, mm-hmm. but getting text messages of videos of um, moving trucks pulling up to uh, voting centers and people you know, talking to the driver and saying, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Now, some places, some voting centers legitimately need to use moving trucks for the way that they do their, their counting and their tallying. So just because there's a moving truck there doesn't mean it's bad, but you actually had people talking to the driver saying, where are you from? What are your credentials? Where, you know, what are you doing with these ballots? Where are they going? And um, in one instance, the driver drove away without doing anything. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, who knows what happened there, but the the difference was parents showed up in Virginia. They were mad.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, also in your book, and I've seen books written about the relationship between Washington, D.C. and Donald Trump. And I think, honestly, you summarize this in two sentences in a way that I've never heard you say that. And I'm going to ask you if you think that's why he ultimately resonates. But I'm going to read the quote. I think it's from the first page, second page of your book, Stealing Your Vote. For more than 200 years, the recipe for influence in D.C. has been a potent cocktail of money, political power and media. When Donald Trump won the presidency in 2016, he had all three he was beholden to no one and therefore a threat to everyone. Is that why he resonates so well with so many Americans?
1: I think that's part of it. I think he resonates with Americans because they trust him. He he is fighting for them and they recognize that. And to, yes, to the point in, my, in the quote that I was making there is he's not beholden to anyone. And in to your point, the American people recognize that. He's not beholden to anyone and he actually is trying to do what's best for the nation. And that's why Americans love him so much. And the people who hate him are people who are trying to um, twist the system for their own personal profit or their own personal power. And we've got to get that. We have to get that out of our government. If we want to keep our freedoms, if we want to keep the amazing rights that our constitution enshrines, we have got to get rid of that corruption.
0: Yeah. Well, one more state I want to ask you about one more swing state before I get into just one or two questions about Trump in my home state of New York, where uh, it seems like there's a whole lot of lawfare going on. There is Uh, a lot going on uh wisconsin what's going on in wisconsin yeah. we saw that we uh republicans lost the supreme court there last year i think there still is yeah. a republican majority up there but the wisconsin uh legislature i think the supreme court actually or the wisconsin legislature ruled that um that the uh 2020 election in wisconsin was unconstitutional and should not have mm-hmm. been certified uh what will election day look like in wisconsin 2024
1: I absolutely love Wisconsin. I love the people of Wisconsin. I had not really spent much time there prior to November of 2020. And I have since been back a few times and and gotten to know several of the grassroots uh, teams there. And the Wisconsin people are working so hard to clean up and secure their elections. The biggest obstacle that we have to running a clean election the way that the people of Wisconsin want it run is Robin Boss, who is the Republican, uh, speaker of the assembly mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. He is, he is creating a lot of obstacles to the way WEC, the Wisconsin election commission, which is their version of the secretary of state there, um, the way that they run the election, the director of WEC, uh, m- many conservatives have a lot of suspicions about her working with Democrats and being a Democrat operative. Her term has expired, Her her term as the director of WEC has a uh, a statute of limitations for the amount of time that term limit, basically, that she can serve in that position. It has expired. And by the statute, she is required to vacate her seat. She's refusing to vacate. And Robin Voss, the Speaker of the Assembly, who has the authority to hold a vote to force her to vacate, is refusing to hold that vote. And he has come out and said many times that he's going to do everything he can to defeat Donald Trump, a Republican, um, because he doesn't like him. So the biggest obstacle in Wisconsin is Robin Voss. There is a recall uh, um, a recall petition happening right now to try to get him out of office. Um, please, if you're in Wisconsin, if you're a Wisconsin voter, particularly in the Racine area, please get in touch with the recall efforts there and work to recall Robin Voss. He's gotcha. the biggest obstacle.
0: That's incredible, especially after, you know, just last year, they ruled that the 2020 election was unconstitutional per the state's constitution requirements. I mean, you have somebody whose term is expired and you can't remove from office. That's
1: nuts. Yeah, it it is. It's bananas. What Republicans are doing in the state of Wisconsin, it's not even Democrats. And what's interesting is the Senate, I think it's the Senate, it's either the Senate or the Assembly. I don't remember which side. Um, They have a supermajority. They have a supermajority and they have told Robin Voss, the supermajority wants to impeach this person. And they also want to impeach the latest Supreme Court justice because they appear to have a lot of evidence. They have experts coming in saying that she received a lot of the Smurf money, the the fake donor money, um, and raised millions and millions of dollars, potentially illegally. Those are the accusations. And they would like to hold an impeachment inquiry into her. And Robin Voss is refusing to hold that vote because he wants he wants the um, Perkins Cooey's of the world, the Mark Elias's of the world to come in and overrule the ruling that you're talking about that says the drop boxes are illegal. He wants that changed before the election. And so he's refusing to impeach that justice to hold a vote to impeach that justice. Yeah, so this is this all is, Republicans. This is yeah. all Republicans in the state.
0: Yeah. And it's beyond Republican and and Democrat. It's a matter of making sure that your vote is secure, right? It's making sure that legal votes are not diluted. And we know Dropbox is one of the easiest ways to dilute legal votes. It's just that simple. I mean, that goes back again. You highlighted this in your book, but that goes back to the 2005 report that Jimmy Carter and James Baker did when they were talking about elections in Iraq, in-person voting. In-person voting is the best Mm -hmm. way to secure it.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: So, okay, let's get to my home state of New York over here where uh, we've completely gone off the deep end. Actually, today, I think, is the first day that many of these truckers are saying we're not delivering to New York anymore because of the $355 million dollar ruling against Donald Trump. You had the the crazy E. Jean Carroll case when even though she can't present the potential exculpatory evidence of what day, what month, what year it happened, you had the dress that wasn't created until at least five years after uh, this alleged incident happened uh, and the judge wouldn't bring that up. You have an $83 million ruling here. And coming up next month, Alvin Bragg, who won't prosecute illegal immigrants who won't go out and prosecute violent crime is going after Donald Trump. Uh to me when I look at this case though, I think the biggest thing is in a county like Manhattan, which is 80% democrat, how is Donald Trump going to get an unbiased jury? What is what's the strategy there to make sure that this jury actually can go and rule on the facts of the case? Because if they rule on the facts of the case, This would be 12, nothing, dismissed, uh, no charges. If anything, you might have Alvin Bragg held in contempt if the full facts of the case are actually presented.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that's something that the trial team is looking at closely right now. I mean, traditionally, the way you vet a jury is through voir dire, where before the trial starts and as you're selecting the jury, the attorneys have an opportunity basically to do kind of a formal interview of the jurors in open court, in front of the judge and you know, in front of everybody, um, to see if they do have any bias. Uh, now, whether the jurors are honest or not, you know that we, you know, you, you can't control that. All you can control is what what their answers are. Hopefully, they are all honest. Um, but absent Wadier, I don't I don't know what else the defense can do other than try to really establish a record. That when they're interviewing these jurors, if they do have answers that would be prejudicial to the defendant um, and the judge allows them to remain on the jury, then I would say, you know, that that's certainly an appealable issue. The problem is this. This is the purpose of what they're doing. They want everything to go up on appeal. They just want the convictions. They just want the negative headlines. They just want uh, the negative information about Donald Trump for the purpose of the election. I would be shocked if all of this was not overturned on appeal. The 355 million, the aging care, all of it should be overturned on appeal, but they don't care because at that point, the election will be over. Yeah. So who cares? Um, they, they've accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, which was get rid of Donald Trump. Yeah. So, um, and that, I'm saying that's their goal. I'm not saying they're going to be successful like yeah. at preventing him from retaking office, but that's what they're trying to do. And it, it's really an abuse of the system.
0: Yeah. It it really is. So look, before you have to go, I want to ask you one more time, because this really is the most important question, not just for the future of our country, but I really think for the future of Western civilization and something, a mantra I'm going to repeat day after day between now and November 5th. What can Americans do to get involved uh, for Election Day and to make sure that they can help with the election integrity effort?
1: Yep. So there's a lot of opportunities. You can be a poll worker, a poll observer, a challenger. You can actually work for your county that's being a poll worker or uh, a volunteer. You can help scrub voter rolls, which is a a really important issue to make sure they can't stuff ballots if they don't have fake voters on the voter roll. So help scrub voter rolls. Um, You can help canvas your area. There's a lot of grassroots efforts all across the country. Causeofamerica.org. C-A-U-S-E, causeofamerica.org, is an organization that really, it's not really an organization, it's a network that has um, compiled contact information for everybody across the country that's that's really truly working to try to secure the elections. There's over 300,000 people across the country working in conjunction with the Cause of America to try to uh, secure their local elections. So if you want to be a part of the solution, no matter how much time you have, if you can donate a day, if you can um, actually, maybe you're retired and you want to go work at your county for the rest of the year to make sure that our elections are secure, whatever your availability is, if you can't leave the house there, you can scrub voter rolls from home there's something there's something that everybody can do, and uh, so go to causeofamerica.org. Send them your information, and they'll plug you in.
0: Well, Christina, thank you so much again for joining us. I mean, uh, just really somebody who understands this better than anybody. As I said, a lawyer for President Trump, representing President Trump, uh, United States Marine Corps major. And if you want to know what really happened in 2020 and what we can do to prevent uh, to prevent this in 2024, you got to get stealing your vote. And by the way, I agree. God bless America. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on, Christina. You know, as we get closer, I'd love to have you on to update some of the stuff that's going on in these states. It's so important for our listeners to know this.
1: I would love that. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, I love you and your family. And um, thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing and fighting. And you guys are, America is lucky to have you. You're a great patriot.
0: Well, and America's lucky to have you too, Christina, because if we had, if everybody was a fighter like you, then everybody's vote would count and not be diluted. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Christina. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week. That's one of the best, Christina, Bob, and we're going to keep on following the election integrity efforts going on all across our country here on the Andrew Giuliani Show. Between now and it's not election day anymore, it's election season. It will be election day again, but now it's election season. So guess what? We got to play by the rules and beat them at their own rules so that way we can save America. God bless.